Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to The Shit Show. Oh, hi. I'm sorry. I didn't see you there. That's totally awkward random. Kia ora, everyone. And guess who is back by popular demand? It was overwhelming public demand, I think is what we agreed on. Oh, overwhelming public demand. We've got Squish back on the mic. Squish, how the bloody hell are you? I'm good, Luce. The sun's out. Um, it's springtime. The grapes are starting to grow, so that means vintage is just around the corner. So, yeah, that's good. Don't worry, everyone. He has not changed. Still loves bikes. Still loves vintage. Or mm, loves wine. Don't know if you love vintage. I mean, it's been it's been a month, really. Like, yeah, N- not much not, has changed. Not that much has changed. No. I've got a barbecue now, so that's good. Yeah, when we got on, I was like, "So what? What's up, Nick? What's new?" And then he was like, "Oh, not much." I said, "Dad said you've got a barbecue now. <laughs> like that's the." Biggest update. Yeah, I got it for free. Yeah, that's actually... And he said that you've cleaned it up real well. Yeah. I don't want other people's grime on it. No, and that's so true. Meanwhile, I'm... Well, actually, I will paint the picture for you both. We're both sitting in little at-home studios, which is just Nick's in a closet with a duvet over him. Yes, it's a duvet pegged up with two. It's pretty precarious. So if you hear a scream, it's probably the um, the duvet falling down on top of me. <laughs> and I have a duvet, a light duvet on top of me, which is probably why I sound a bit more echoey. But I was just telling Nick, it's like 30 degrees here, so I actually can't be getting under a heavy duvet <laughs> to record this or I'll pass mm. out. <laughs> but anyway. Sacrifices you need to make for broadcasting quality, Lucy? No, I know. And I just don't make them. But I have been having to do some solo <laughs> podcasts since I've been here, and that's the sacrifice I'm making to the broadcasts. <laughs> Nick, I'm really happy that you're back in time to cover the most squish story of all time. Yeah, I thought I'd better come back uh, just probably for this. Um, in case you haven't seen it, everybody on the internet, um, it's Fat Bear Week. <laughs> Is this the third year in a row you've covered it? Um, I seem to remember last year there was a voting controversy, a controversy with the um, with the votes. They had to... Um, uh, remove a whole bunch of invalid votes. Hopefully we don't get the same thing with our upcoming general election here in New Zealand. Which we will be covering today, everyone. Our electoral process seems to be a, a, a little bit more robust than the um, Fat Bear Week voting process. But, but can any okay? Can any of our listeners please let us know, has Nick, I feel like Nick's covered this twice before and now this is our third Fat Bear Week that we're covering. Look, I don't remember covering it, so as far as I'm concerned, I didn't do it. <laughs> but if the, if the listeners want to be different, if the listeners come fight me. <laughs> I'm covering it. <laughs> no, 
I know. I love that's. I'm more saying it's a squish tradition. Oh, a squish tradition. Okay, I need to stop being so defensive. Yeah. Speaking of defensive, and that was a hell of a segue. The 2023 winner of Fat Bear Week is a defensive mama bear <gasps> who has raised two litters of cubs and quote often preemptively confronts and attacks much larger bears, even large and dominant adult males. Um, like you. So the winner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a fighter. Large and dominant, that's what they... That's me, all right. Um, Could be getting a little R-rated here. Uh, The winner is Bear128 Grazer. Catchy name. Yeah, I was about to say. And she blew her final competitor 32 Chunk out of the water. 32 Chunk is a great name. Yeah, I know. I'd like to have 32 Chunk's name better than 128 Grazer. Grazer smashed chunk um 108,000 to 23,000 so it wasn't even a contest really in the end but I saw these funny memes going around when there was like the government shutdown that was like thank god they've sorted this out before fat beer week like we need it yeah I know oh I know I mean in the beer community (laughs) um that (laughs) that was a (laughs) in the beer community it was huge worry Remember Hank the Tank? How could I forget Hank the Tank? Probably one of the most famous beers <laughs> in, in recent history. Move aside, beer in the big blue house. <laughs> um, but now the king of the, or the queen of the beers is 128 Grazer. Oh, so. okay. And feminism. Go mm-hmm. 128 Grazer. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a it's a quite a quality story. Quite? <laughs> oh, no. I, no, did you? <laughs> no, I don't think did so. Did you? Oh, <laughs> Maybe I did. <laughs> oh, God. Don't worry. Ruby will, Ruby will uh, pull us up on it. <laughs> Either I was wrong or you were wrong. Either way, it's embarrassing. It's a quite a quality story. It's a quite a quality story. But Schwick. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to go to the Schwick here, boy. No. <laughs> I want to go to Schwick Swamp. Okay, no. Anyway, my weirdest thing. Now, so Nick's weirdest thing was Fat Bear Week. My weirdest thing is, did Nick, did you see the Shrek Airbnb that you could rent out? Yeah, yep. Okay. I did, yeah. Well, it's one of Airbnb's stunt things. And basically they've designed in the Scottish Highlands, like a literal Shrek's swamp. And you can go and stay in it. And honestly, it looks kind of lit. But... You can't actually go and stay in it. I think like one group of friends wins a competition and then they get to go, but it looks really cool. Well, so they build the whole thing and only one people get to go. I think so. One group, one of, group people, of people. Like, I think it's a Halloween thing. Well, that seems like a waste of time. Do you know that me and Dad and Carolyn watched Shrek 1, 2, and 3 before I left? Um, <laughs> what am I meant to do with that information? Did you know that? Uh, uh, no, no, I didn't. Okay, well, all I have to say is... Shrek 1 is great, Shrek 2 is elite, and Ruby did warn me that Shrek 2 is one of the best movies ever made, and Shrek 3, Shrek, Shrek 3 is not that good. Anyway, this is not what you come to hear, my Shrek. Um, kind of is. My Shrek recommendations. No, okay, ooh, sorry about that. Okay, Nick, we're getting into what I'm calling hot girl headlines. Um, this is just basically our news stories but it's called Hot Girl Headlines now, okay? You've got the first one. Hit it, Hot Girl. Yeah, I don't get much for saying this, do I? Um, 
So this probably relates mostly to the New Zealanders in the audience. Um, there's an election this Saturday, mm. in case you've been living under a rock. So go out there and vote. You can vote now. You can vote wherever you are in the world. Yes, it's so um, easy. I will say I've just done it. You can do it online or you can print your voting papers and then upload them. It's so easy. Yeah, I think I'm going to vote on this Saturday for the first time oh. ever. Um, I've always done advanced voting, but now I get to go to the to the polls and line up with all my other um, Democratic. fans of democracy. Yep. My right as a New Zealander. Anyway, um, the last two... Uh, televised polls of the election campaign got released yesterday, so that's on Wednesday. Um, this was probably a couple of days ago by the time you listen to this. Um, and they both show that National would still be in a position to lead the next government, um, but Chris Luxon will have to be picking up the phone to Winnie Pete. Um, uh, still... Oh, I know, it's funny. <laughs> we we do these elections every three years and everyone goes through the motions, you know, Chris versus Chris, red, red versus blue, Labour versus National. And at the end of it all, Winston Peters gets to pick. So it's been Literally. that way since, since like 1996. So that's funny. Um, a couple of the numbers. The News Hub Read research poll had National slumping by 4.6% to 34.5, which is a fairly large um, drop since the last poll. Mm-hmm. Um, Labour is still behind on 27.5, but up one point. The Greens are up to 14.9%. Act is steady on 8.8%, but New Zealand First, which is Winston Peters' party, is up 1.6 points to 6.8%, and it would mean they get to bring nine MPs to Parliament on October the 14th. Yikes. Is this the highest Act have ever polled? Act have polled throughout this campaign much higher. Oh, okay. And I think Winston Peters came in and stole a little bit of Act's thunder, or quite a lot of it, um, which is funny because David Seymour and Winston Peters absolutely hate each other. Um, oh my so God. that's going to be fun. Winston Peters just rolls in, takes half of Act's vote. and um, When will we know the results? We'll know pretty much the results on election night. There's a couple of special votes that come in after the fact, but they generally don't change things too much unless the result is really, really tight. Um, we'll know the results in terms of who got what votes, but to form a government, the parties need to come together and agree, work out deals. So yeah. that's why in two thousand and was it yeah two thousand and seventeen. That's why it took quite a while for the government yeah. to be formed because Winston Peters had to pick between Bill English <laughs> and Jacinda Ardern, and we know how that turned out. Jacinda Ardern won. Uh, Nick, we might need you to do a little Monday morning um, newsletter of the results, a Monday morning segment in the newsletter. Okay, yeah, I can do that. I can um, do or little... just what went down on the weekend. You know, now as the as the single New Zealand correspondent. Yeah, the show you should care about political editor. Yeah, I'll um, I'll see what I can do. You heard it here first, Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, my story um, is really interesting. It's just, I just saw it happen today because someone that I met here in Lisbon 
she works with journalists and helping sort of in the press freedom area and she posted it she posted about it um, and it's journalist Cheng Lee has returned home to Australia after more than three years of detention in China. Wow. Squish, have you seen this? No, no, I haven't. Okay. So Cheng Lee, she was 48, and she was working at a, as a business reporter for China's state-run English language TV station, CGTN, uh, in China. And she was arrested on the 13th of August in 2020. Um, her charges were never made public, but she was later accused of illegally supplying state secrets overseas. But again, the actual charges were never made public. And she spent, Nick, the first six months of her detention in solitary confinement. Fuck. I know. It's actually fucking scary. And she's like literally just a journalist. So she was then... In last March, she was tried in a secret Chinese court and like Australia's ambassador to China tried to get in there and witness the proceedings, um, but wasn't allowed. Her family weren't allowed to know the charges that she faced. Um, And then so she was in there for two years and 11 months, so nearly three years. And allegedly she pleaded guilty to her charges um, over there. And then in August of this year she spoke out publicly for the first time she wrote an open letter to the people of australia and she said in it i miss the sun in my cell the sunlight shines through the window but i can stand in it only for 10 hours a year i can't believe i used to avoid the sun when i was living back in australia i'll probably it'll probably rain the first two weeks i'm back in melbourne and then i haven't seen a tree in three years and so on Wednesday, she was reunited in Melbourne with her two young kids. So, fuck. That's actually my good news story, too. Man, that's pretty grim. I know. Solitary confinement. Mm. China's scary, actually. Like, not a hot take, but that's fucking scary. I wonder what the secrets were. Well, allegedly. I, she was probably just doing yeah. her job. And no, but yeah, actually, I, I was also reading that this came at a time when tensions between Australia and China were quite like rife. And then now it's, yeah. I mean, as always, it's sort of a symbol that tensions are thawing between the countries that they're. But fuck, someone's life was like used, I mean, often as like a political weapon. Anyway, um, we're going to pivot a little bit. I mean, still a devastating story, but this is the most devastating story we'll probably cover in a long time um, on The Shit Show. And we're going to be reading uh, mostly from journalists and sites that we trust and that have the resources to do really meaningful reporting. We don't think that this is a time to be making hot takes or sort of riffing on the situation that's happening in Israel and Palestine right now. And so we wanted to talk about it, but we want to do it in a way that the information that we're saying has come from people that are trusted. There's a lot going on online right now, a lot of videos that are unverified and just horrific things that obviously we've all been watching and everyone's been dealing with in their own ways. Um, But Squish and I just thought we need to talk about it, but we're going to do it in a way where it's not us giving hot takes. It's literally just information that will hopefully help you to make sense of the news stories that you're seeing. So Squish, 
Right now, Israel and Hamas are involved in the worst outbreak of violence that's been seen over there in decades um, and an outbreak that has already claimed over 1,500 lives and is looking incredibly likely to claim many, many more. Um, I'm sure you've been seeing this everywhere. Yeah, it's um, it's hard to avoid for sure online. It's something that, yeah, you sort of do have to prepare yourself um, for when you're online to be just accidentally scrolling and see something really horrific. It's a really interesting time to be online, quite a scary time, um, especially with X or Twitter where I feel like a lot of this information used to be spread and it's getting – even Elon Musk has said that there's a lot of misinformation on the platform now because the platform's obviously gotten worse since – he took over and everyone used to use it as a news sharing platform. So yeah, even he has said to be careful with what you're looking at online. Um, We thought we'd just give, and a lot of this is from Zach Beauchamp from Vox, but we thought we'd just give a little bit of an explainer on a few of the words that you're probably seeing um, thrown around a lot online, just to help you again, help you make sense of, of what's going on. Um, So very now this is very brief we cannot be the only source of your information especially for this particular topic like it's been it's probably one of the most complicated geopolitical yes topics that has ever been yes you know like exactly it goes back to i mean this was written in the bible conflicts in this area so yeah so yeah again this is very brief take it in but do further research if this is something that you're really trying to make sense of. Um, So Israel is the world's only Jewish state and it's located just east of the Mediterranean Sea. Palestinians um, are the Arab population that hails from the land that Israel now controls and they refer to this territory as Palestine and they want to establish a state by that name um, on all or part of the same land. So the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is over who gets what land and how it's controlled. That is a very brief from Vox, from Zach Beauchamp, um, who's been covering this for a long time, about what I would say like the modern-day conflict that we're seeing is over. That's about as simple as you could get it, honestly. Yeah. And now before we get into what's happening right now, I just wanted to give a few more definitions for words that we're going to be saying a lot. So the first one, Squish, is the Gaza Strip. So you'll be hearing the Gaza Strip uh, in in the rest of the chat we're about to have and you've probably been seeing online. And we just want to explain what it is. So human rights groups call the Gaza Strip the world's largest open-air prison. It's home to 2.3 million people and is one of two Palestinian territories. The other Palestinian territory is the Israeli-occupied West Bank. So, Squish, the Gaza Strip has been under a blockade by Israel and Egypt, restricting the movement of people and goods since Hamas seized control of the territory in 2007. So that's quite important to know. The Gaza Strip is controlled by Hamas. 
Um, Israel controls the airspace and the shoreline here, as well as what goods can cross Gaza's borders. Right. And you mentioned Hamas in there. Do you have like a little bit of an overview about what is or who are Hamas? Yes. So Hamas is a Palestinian militant group. And like I said, they rule the Gaza Strip. And so the group is essentially sworn to Israel's destruction and they want to replace it with an Islamic state. Um, They've been fighting wars with Israel since they took power of the Gaza Strip in 2007. Um, They fired or allowed other militant groups to fire thousands of rockets at Israel and carried out other deadly attacks. Um, Israel has repeatedly attacked Hamas with airstrikes in response um, and has sent troops into Gaza during the wars that have occurred. And Nick, Hamas actually, or at least the military wing of Hamas, has been designated a terrorist group by Israel, the United States, the European Union, and the UK, as well as some other powers. And this group is actually backed by Iran, who provide it with funding, weapons, and training. Hamas also controls one of the two major political parties in Palestine, Um, But even though it's popular with some segments of Palestinian society, it's like highly divisive in Palestine and has often been at odds with uh, more mainstream Palestinian politicians. So now that we know that little bit of background, do you, Squish, just want to let us know what has just happened and why everyone's talking about it now? Uh, Yeah, so this, again, is from Vox. Um, So in the early hours of... Uh, October 7th on Saturday, Hamas fighters um, launched an invasion over the uh, southern border of Israel, the one that borders with the, the Gaza Strip. Um, they stormed Israeli towns and killed Israeli soldiers and, and civilians. Um, so thousands of rockets were fired into Israeli territory. Um, more than 900 Israelis got killed, many of them civilians. And one of the more publicised events were an attack on the Supernova Music Festival near the Gaza border where over 250 people were killed. A senior Israeli uh, representative said the attacks led to the most civilian deaths on a single day in the country's entire history. Obviously, the fighting in southern Israel is still ongoing. Um, There are reports that Hamas has brought um, around 100 Israeli hostages back to Gaza, um, including women, children and elderly people. Um, and Israeli officials say that Hamas has threatened to kill captives each time Israel strikes Gaza without warning. So Israel has retaliated. They've launched airstrikes back into Gaza, which have killed um, around 830 Palestinians that we uh, know of at the moment. Um, though it's not clear how many are civilians, although it seems quite likely. It's a very dense, um, densely populated part of the world. And that figure will only grow because Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said on Saturday that our enemy will pay a price, uh, the type of which has never been known, which seems pretty... um, Dire. Harrow, well, yeah. It doesn't sound good for the civilians living in the Gaza Strip. And look, it's likely that this will have, unfortunately, advanced even since recording 
this episode and almost definitely it will have and so this won't be the most up-to-date um it's a full-on war now and it's fucking scary what's coming out on social media um about it that we're scrolling through I did just want to talk a little bit about this really brilliant piece in MSNBC by Rachel E. Greenspan, who was talking about how we're all pressured on social media to share things all the time, all our opinions, all our hot takes. Sometimes that is just not the most important or the most helpful thing that you can do. I mean, I've been seeing celebrities sharing shit and then get absolutely fucking ridiculed for it because they didn't understand what they were sharing and so they should not have shared it and they were trying their best but this is a situation that of course they of all people why do we expect them to have like the full context and history of it um and so Rachel wrote Social media pressures us to make statements of support, condemnation or sympathy in moments of social and political turmoil. turmoil. These kind of statements in question were historically reserved for those with social or political power, like politicians and world leaders. Then celebrities, athletes and even influencers began making such statements. But as that viral Instagram post illustrates, in recent years, the expectation to say something has somehow extended, been extended to all of us, and the pressure includes getting it exactly right. Some might argue that this is an issue of awareness, that without individual users posting on social media about what's going on, the news would go unnoticed. And then she goes on to say, and I thought this was a really good point, is that there is not lack of awareness about this. You could go to the BBC, the New York Times, the Daily, the, any anywhere with people that have resources and researchers that have been working on this for literal decades and get good information, better information than you're going to get from an Instagram infographic. And so the idea that your silence is deafening or that you're not saying anything, which means you don't care, is just really not the case and it's really black and white thinking and I think it hurts more people than it helps when we expect every celebrity to have a take or a incorrect story that they share or you know like why do we want that why do we expect that from a fitness influencer for example um In reality, she says, there are no points to be accrued by Instagram stories. There are no winnings for those who post the most widely approved infographics, no penalties for those who choose not to post. Given all the horrible events that are happening in the world at any given moment, if there were such penalties, then each of us would lose every single day. And it's obviously really meta to be saying this as people that, like, try to give the news in really meaningful ways, or at least give places that you can go and find it but you can come and find you know you can listen to this podcast where we've tried to talk about it in a way that pushes you out to these sources that we're referring to or in the newsletter I'm linking to the BBC's live updates or Vox's explainers like it's not about us giving hot takes it's not about us getting heaps of likes and comments on an Instagram post us as in all of us and so We're doing our best to give people information 
in meaningful ways and well-resourced ways, but it just doesn't help when everyone's attacking you on social media or attacking each other for either being silent or being loud and saying the wrong thing or not being educated enough on this incredibly complex topic. Um, so I'll link that piece in the show notes actually, cause I thought it was really good, but I just, I feel like Nick, it speaks to what we're trying to do, but look, this is going to probably get a lot worse before it gets better. We will keep updating you with good sources to read in the newsletter and updating you on the shit show when we can and just be kind to yourselves and to others and don't attack people in their DMs for speaking or not speaking. You're attacking someone in the DMs isn't going to no, really help. No, exactly. So. And anyway, Squish, I wish I had another good news story for us to finish on. Good news story is we're writing a book. Haven't mentioned that yet. What? What? Are you, what? Writing, writing a, a book? book? Um, Do I feature in it? Going to ear out all Squish's dirty secrets? Yeah, exactly. It's a tell-all on Squish, basically, I think is the, the plot. <laughs> Make Squish Make Sense. No, the book is called yeah. Make It Make Sense. It's about trying to make sense of this fucking weird world we're growing up in. It's not about how to read the news, don't worry. It's not about, like, dancing while no one's watching in a fucking world that's on fire. Do not worry. It should make you feel good and make you feel seen, and you can pre-order it down at the link in our show notes if you want to. I've pre-ordered it. Have you? Yep. Cute. So that means that you can't give it to me as a Christmas present. Damn it. Because I've paid for it. I'll still sign yours if you want. Oh, yeah, I'd like that. And then you can sign And if anybody wants a Squish signed copy, um, hit me up. Yes. Probably means that your book will be worth less, but still. (laughs) It's just got scribbles on it. No. And Squish, it's been great having you back on the shit show. It's good to catch up with you for the first time in a wee while, Luce. I know. We've been doing voice notes, everyone. We're in our voice note era, but... um, Mm. Good to be good to be in our little studios again, just like old days. And on that note, Squish will see you in two weeks and I'll see you next week, everyone. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.